Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Mike Richards and Alan Shearer. And as it's transfer deadline day, we have ourselves a special guest, the king of the transfer scoop, a certain Fabrizio Romano. Uh, Fabrizio, here we go. Uh, Thanks very much uh, for joining us at your busiest uh, time of the year. How frantic is it? Uh, completely crazy. First of all, thank you for the invitation. It's a big pleasure for me to be here. So thanks again, really. And it's really, really pure madness, I would say, uh, spending all day on my phone. Uh, I was even late here, so sorry again, but my phone is really blowing up and uh, it's impossible to, to stop. But, you know, it's my favorite time of the year. I love it. I love to be in contact and in touch with people all day and so ready for the, for the final hours. Because football's so global, I, I presume you don't get much sleep on this last week. Uh, impossible, impossible. <laughs> last night was like two hours, so that's my life. Fabrizio, how did you, uh, how did you get into this? Look, I started when I was um, 17, uh, a kid, I would say. Uh, I was in Napoli. I'm from Napoli. My family is still there. And so I was there and I was writing on very small websites. Then one day my life changed because I was um, practicing on very small, small Italian websites. And one day called me from, from Barcelona. He was not an agent. He was a guy working in La Masia in the Academy of Barcelona. And he called me. I still don't know how he had my phone number because I was not an important journalist. I was just a normal guy trying on a small website. And he called me and he told me, I'm a guy who is trying to approach some players here in La Masia. It was completely different football, imagine. It was like 13 years ago. Uh, I'm trying to approach some players. I'm a big friend of the agent of one of these players, Mauro Icardi. And so if you can please publish something on your website about Mauro Ricardi and Gerard de Ulofeo, these two players who are in Barcelona Academy, so I can show them that I'm making some rumors around them and uh, at the end I can uh, try to approach them and enter into people managing the future. And uh, that's how I started. They said, okay, no worries, send me some information about these players, how they play, how are their skills. I published those informations and then Icardi moved from Barcelona to Sampdoria and then from Sampdoria to Inter. Uh, it was my first news. Uh, I broke the story <laughs> of, of Mauro Icardi joining Inter and then going from there, I moved to Milano and I started to spend like six, seven years every single day during the transfer window in January and the summer around the city. Hotels, restaurants, meeting with people, <laughs> agents, directors, presidents, players. And that's how I built the network and then social media. And, and that's the story. How do, you, how do you get paid? How do you get your salary? <laughs> there are different ways you can be on traditional uh, on traditional media so you know with uh, for example working with uh, newspapers or tv or this kind of collaborations but also new media like social media platforms right. uh, helping to to build some collaboration so there are different ways this is not easy because sometimes you have to be creative no not just as a journalist but also as a, as an agent of yourself so i try to do my best but I like it. Uh, I like challenges in general. And so... Well, you do an amazing job. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. How, how difficult is it to, to work out um, what's a genuine story? And, and, and often I'm, I imagine a lot of your contacts are from agents trying to push their players in certain positions, flying kites, so to speak. You, how, how, how trusted are they? Do you build up that over time? 
Yeah, it's not easy at all. Honestly, it's not easy at all, especially after what happened this summer with Saudi stories. Uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. I was lucky enough to be in, uh, in Saudi in January when Cristiano had his debut with Al Nasser. And so I had the chance to build some contacts there. But it was really complicated at the beginning of the summer transfer window to be in touch with the correct people. And in general, it's not easy when you have big platform, big numbers. A lot of people is approaching you, trying to sell you stories. And so for me, it's absolutely crucial to be accurate. This has always been my mission, number one. Try to be accurate, take some time, even if you are not first on the story, it's important to be accurate. And so this is what I'm trying to do. I have some contacts and some sources that I trust 100%. So if they send me a message or they call me, I know that that story is 100% correct because they are never creating any issue to me. But many times now with, again, big numbers, a lot of people try to approach you and try to tell you things. So it's not easy, it takes time. But I think the only way to be successful in transfer market journalism is the obsession. You have to be on it every single day. If you want to relax, it's not going to be for you. So <laughs> it's very complicated. So, Fabrizio, do you speak to players who want to move as well as it just your agents? Yeah, this is something new, honestly, because till like two, three years ago, it was almost impossible. Then I think Instagram changed the game on that. Because, for example, on Twitter, a couple of years ago, it was impossible to get in touch with players. It was not that kind of platform. Uh, it's an excellent platform, but it was completely different uh, approach with, with people on the on the platform now with instagram it's easier so a lot of players are directly testing or i'm testing them too sometimes to ask information so sometimes they tell me please can you say something about me because i want to leave the club <laughs> so yes it's happening and uh, and it's something strange it feels still strange to me but sometimes also big names are texting and they want to receive information or share information so this is the new era of the transfer market probably so you get some um, top players sliding into your dms do you <laughs> 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 do you ever um fabrizio do you ever anger a f- football clubs do do you ever get yeah, managers or coaches or coming on to you saying, "Why well, you should? Why are you doing this? You got that wrong information, or or you you're pushing our player down a certain route." Yeah, it always happens. I, I won't say every day, <laughs> but it's always happening, and I think it's normal. I really respect them. I understand that sometimes they want to to save the stories. But look, one of the best parts of my of my job uh, is that everything I'm doing is always, you know, with good faith. So I'm never going to create a problem because I have to help someone or try to, to get some player out of the club. This is something that I would never do. If you start doing this one time, it's the end of your job in the transfer market industry. So uh, for example, it happened to me that it was a very big story. It was in March, end of March, when Bayern decided to uh, fire Nagelsmann and to bring in Thomas Tuchel as new coach that was very surprising out of nowhere I broke that story and I remember the reaction was very furious to me like what is this why did you break the story but then the sources at Bayern respected me because they told me you tried to call us you spent two hours calling us before sharing the story and we really respect that because we were angry the first moment we saw the story out okay we were not happy but then you tried to check the story you were not just reporting what you knew and nothing else so for me, that was very important and made me understand once again that it's always important to be in good relationship. What is your biggest coup? What is the biggest thing that you've <laughs> revealed? Look, there are there there are a couple of, of, of scoops. For me, the favorite one remains Bruno Fernandes to Manchester United because it changed my life. In what way did it change your life? Because I was reporting on Italian football till that moment, also something on European football. But in that case, uh, with Bruno, it really changed my life because I understood that it was ground to make 
something special on European and international transfer markets. I had the story of Bruno joining May United after spending the whole summer telling May United fans on Twitter, no, he's not coming. And all the people shouting at me like, no, he's coming in the Portuguese and English place. They're saying he's almost done. And I was like, no, 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 he's not joining. Then in January, when he joined the club, I had the picture of Bruno with his agent on the private flight ready to go to, to Manchester. <laughs> and that moment changed my life. The biggest one, I would say, this Nagelsmann took a story was really incredible. I was really shocked when I heard about that because Nagelsmann was in a fantastic position at Bayern, so it was completely unexpected. But my favorite remains uh, the one about Zinedine Zidane uh, leaving Real Madrid uh, and deciding to, to leave the club. It was absolutely incredible to me because, you know, you can have many stories, but when it's Zinedine Zidane and when yeah. it's Real Madrid, it's yeah. something else. Tell us, how did you get that story then? Look, I was playing football. Uh, it was the night of the Europa League final between Villarreal and Manchester United. I still remember that. I was playing five-side football with my friends. Uh, I was in Sardinia, so enjoying some, some time with my friends. Then the ball goes out. I go to check my phone, as I always do, and I see a Well, when you're playing five-a-side football, you still check your phone when the ball goes out of play. Of course, of course. <laughs> I have to, I have to. And so I was checking my phone. I look at a message, and was one guy telling me, look, there is a message in Real Madrid chat with all the players, where Zinedine Zidane said, uh, tomorrow I'm going to say goodbye, I'm going to speak to Florentino Perez, it's over for me here, and I decided to, to leave the club. And so I was checking on Zidane's side, but then after two, three checks, I, I got the confirmation, and, uh, and that's how I got the story. But it was really, really big for me. I was like, okay, Zidane was an incredible football player, an incredible legend of the game, and now to report on Zidane and Real Madrid and to broke the story it was something incredible to me. Did you finish the five-a-side game or did you just <laughs> no, rush No, I off? didn't. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you let your teammates down, but the, you, yeah, it, yeah. with, with good reason for that. Yeah. There, there are a lot of people now, I think, um, it, well, it's always been an interesting world, transfers and stuff. So you, you've got many competitors, I suppose. That Do they sometimes get a little bit jealous and... And I think no. there's a lot of stealing of stories, isn't there? If somebody does it, I notice if it's someone else's story that you will give, the, you will put their at in at the bottom of your tweet or Instagram post. Of course, post. I, I think it would be not human to cover the whole international transfer market with one single person. So it would be stupid, I think, from me to, to pretend something like that. That's why I'm not jealous at all. And I think that if the industry is growing, it's just positive for me and for all the people working into it. Because I think when I started, when I was like 18, 20, the transfer market journalist was not uh, at this level at all. It was full of stupid gossips, fake stories. Uh, so now the accurate journalism is completely on a different level. And I am a big fan of some people doing this job in Spain, in Germany, in England, uh, for example, David Ornstein. I always see people in Twitter putting me against David, but he's one of my best friends in the football industry. And I think he's fantastic journalist. I am only admiring his job as many others. So uh, I don't see any competition. I think until um, things are respectful as they are on the, on the social media and on traditional media is something that I'm always respecting. And I'm very happy to be part of that. Well, Fabrizio, have a quick look at your phone because we're going to take a break. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, 
Was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Micah Richards and Alan Shearer, as well as today, our special guest, Fabrizio Romano. You must never sleep. You must be checking your phone 24-7. Look, uh, it's almost like this. It's almost like this. Then it depends on the moments. I think it's crucial to understand the moments. There are moments, you know better than me, that sometimes when there are games, for example, on Saturday and Sunday, it's easier to rest a bit more because nothing is happening. All the directors are maybe traveling with the squad, so nothing is happening on the transfer market. So you have to understand the moments, but there are moments like this week where you can sleep. So it's like two, three hours. Uh, and even when I try to sleep, I tell you, it happened to me, it was like last week. I was sleeping, it was like 6 a.m. in the morning, and I woke up and I was dreaming of something about Chelsea signing a striker. <laughs> but, but really, I'm not joking. Eh? I'm not joking. This is not a good news for me and for my mental health, but it's a reality. I was dreaming of Chelsea signing a blonde player. So I was like, okay, what's happening? And then I was checking my phone and it was just dreaming. That's it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Fabrizio, would you like to just check your phone briefly to see if we can get a scoop during this um, I, podcast? I received a message about <laughs> Luis Felipe from Betis going Did to you? Wally Tihad. 22 million euros plus three in a dons. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, um, sadly, this won't sound like an exclusive in three days' time when, when we're going to put it out actually on transfer day. We're doing this on, on the Tuesday because obviously transfer deadline day would have been a, a little bit too much uh, for you. Um, has, has player power uh, made a difference in, in the transfer world now? We see some players, you know, refusing to take part in training. I think, um, wasn't it, Mateus Nunez has, has done something similar in the last week? Yes, I think this is the new, uh, the new trend of the transfer market. The players have big power, I would say. Also, look what happened with Caicedo. The Caicedo story was crazy this summer, but it really changed because of the player, because Liverpool had everything ready with Brighton, and Caicedo for 12 hours was a Liverpool player, till he decided to send a message to Jurgen Klopp uh, multiple times during the day, because Klopp tried and tried during the afternoon, but Caicedo was like, no, I want to go to Chelsea. And so even for Brighton, was kind of issue to restart the negotiation, to take four eight hours more uh, they were very able in the negotiation with Chelsea because at the end they got more than what they received from from Liverpool but it's not always easy so yes the players are in, in control now I would say yes 
What do you think is the significance now of the um, interest from Saudi Arabia and the amount of players that, that could go there? This is a big problem, I think, especially for the timing. I really respect what they're doing because I think it's in cycles in football. It can happen that there are new uh, nations or new new leagues that are trying to show their, their ambition. I think the biggest problem is about the timing of the transfer window, closing one week after the European transfer window. I understand many people in the industry being very worried with that because you can tempt player on the 3rd or 4th or 5th of September and you don't have any chance to react. So this is the biggest issue, I think. And also, there is a lot of people, now it's more clear because it's the end of the transfer window, but at the beginning of the window, like end of May, beginning of June, a lot of fake people was entering into the business, just trying to approach some people from Saudi. It was completely new, not just for journalists, but also for people into the clubs. They were not uh, prepared, probably, to negotiate with the correct people. Uh, I still remember many issues in many deals. For example, Brozovic to Al Nasser was full of fake people trying to enter the story. So it's, it's not easy. It's like restarting, not just for journalists, but also for Sunday directors for some presidents you have to rebuild your network because there is new people approaching the market so now it's easier it took three months but at the beginning it was not easy at all how far do you think you can take this because obviously you've got a, a massive following and it's done in a different way i know a lot of journalists like you've mentioned before may be happy and some may not be happy but you've got a different approach how far can you take it Honestly, uh, I will take it uh, as far as I can in terms of enjoying that. Now I'm happy because I'm enjoying not just the professional side, but even the human side. My favorite moment in the transfer window is the day after when I call my favorite sources and I start speaking in normal way as Fabrizio and not as the journalist. That is my favorite side of the, of the, of the transfer window. But if you start feeling too much pressure, if you are not enjoying, that is the moment when you have to, to stop. So I always say it's like for a player, no? Uh, it's important to understand, and you can understand way better than me, when is the moment to say, okay, stop. Now it's time to, to retire, to, to leave this job, or to maybe do something different, because you can't go forever. I already know that. I think it's going to take some time. I hope like three, four, maybe five years more, but I won't continue with that forever because it's going to be too... Too difficult. So I think five years, maybe. Uh, do you have a team behind you? Do you have t people helping you or are you just you go solo? I just have two guys who help me with editing the videos and I produce like on YouTube. And then for all the other stuff, everything you see posted on my social media accounts is always posted by myself. Uh, I would never allow anyone to publish anything in my name. Uh, it's a respect, I think, for all the people following me, but also I would never be able to control that. And you know, in the transfer market, how crucial is every single word if you say agreement or verbal agreement is completely different so for me it's crucial to control everything to post everything by myself and so i would never change that even in the contact with with my sources i would never allow anyone to call and say i'm working with fabrizio can you share information with me that's not in my style i like to be in control of everything so some help with the editing of the videos because i'm terrible at that and then it's fine well it's impossible isn't it to get everything right you get you're going to get some things wrong when it goes wrong and the information it turns out to be incorrect or doesn't happen is how disappointing is that look at the beginning of my career it was very disappointing so i was like mad for two three days i was very very sad for, for a couple of days <laughs> then now i understand that the importance of sending the correct message to people uh, if you want to be part of the transfer window i mean as a follower too just looking at it and, and being informed on the on the transfer news you have to understand that part of this jungle 
is also for some deals to collapse for multiple reasons. Uh, for the medical test, maybe for the wife of the player changing her mind, or maybe because the club is mm, too slow to complete the documents and another club is jumping into the race. It happened with Danjuma, for example, with Everton in January. That was a done deal, but really done deal. The player was there at the ground taking pictures with a shirt. So I can't control that. I can't sign contracts. That's what I always say. Uh, my job is to tell you when there is an agreement, when there is uh, a player traveling for medical tests, that's what I have to do. Then I can't sign contracts. So I'm trying to make people understand that sometimes this can happen. Otherwise, you can wait for the official statement. You don't need Fabrizio or any other journalist. Do you know um, in any way what goes into players' contracts now as well, which is would be quite interesting to people? I suppose the salaries you, you can publish sometimes. Yeah, honestly, I, I always try to avoid that part because you can't always be 100% informed and I know it really annoys players. So um, I think this is something that sometimes we have in football and sometimes you put a salary because you have clear information. But um, until I have 100% clear and confirmed information on the player side and I make sure that the player wants to share that, uh, for example, it happened with Neymar. When Neymar joined uh, Alilal, they really wanted from Neymar camp to share the details of the salary. There are many other players who prefer to keep it private and I really respect that. So, why, why would they want to share that, that information? Maybe because Neymar Show is off. probably... The play- <laughs> I think the problem is because Neymar is the player who moved the biggest salary probably in the history of football recently with Paris Saint-Germain, Barcelona and, and Dalilal. Maybe because of that. I don't know. But I always try to respect the source. So, you know, if the player doesn't want, I'm not going to share their private information. So at the end, it's private information. Who do you support for Brits? Watford. How? Because I was at the TV when there was that crazy game with Troy Deeney scoring against Leicester. Oh, what? And I, I, I was buzzing, really. You can't yeah, say yes, that. yes. Then, uh, you know, my, my league with Watford because of the Italian ownership. So, obviously, with the Pozzo family, I started to follow English football. And for me, this attraction to Watford, London, the Italian family taking care of the club for me was really attractive. Then that game with Troy Deeney scoring with Gianfranco Zola on the bench for me was like uh, incredible. That's, that's not possible and so I had a chance to go there let's get this straight Fabrizio you support Watford because they beat my team Leicester yeah, right? yeah okay. sorry but that's the story Jesus that's a scoop <laughs> uh, Fabrizio I know you've got to go you've got a very busy few days ahead of you and um, thanks so much for talking to us um, it's, it's, it's been fascinating thank you thank you thanks thank to all you. of you really it was a pleasure Legend you, must, you must be getting the itches you haven't checked your phone for 20 minutes <laughs> yes I'm very worried <laughs> okay get thank on you. it thank you thank you ciao thanks ciao well Mike Allen I, I don't know about you but I I found that a fascinating insight into not just the world of transfers but the world of breaking stories and it was absolutely brilliant i asked him about the players because nowadays when stories break and that's why i came into social media initially because journalists would say something and i was like that's completely wrong i'm gonna put it straight but if he's got the direct link now to the player i mean it's on a different level to what we've ever seen before. When I was going growing up and when I first come into football, it was always in the changing room, in the dressing room, don't speak to journalists. What we have is totally our safe space to say what we want and it still might be, but I would never talk to a journalist about a transfer, never in my life. So the way that he's got it, the trust that they have with him 
that was the most fascinating thing to me. It was like, his, wow. Uh, his little black book of numbers must be just incredible. <laughs> it won't eh? be a little black book, Alan, I don't think. Unbelievable, <laughs> his contacts. What about, what about Neymar's people wanting his salary leaked out? Well, they want to know that the, 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 they've done such a good job for him, I, I, I guess. I, guess. I, guess. I mean, a lot of interesting things in there. I wonder what it had been like if it had been like that in our day, Alan. You know, I mean, you did everything you possibly could to keep things secret. Didn't you? Know. you? I now don't know. It's like, yeah, it's like now social media is just—it's just a different landscape now, isn't it? Yeah. That social media has added in not into football, just into the world of what what can be done, and just in, it's yeah, I find it staggering. I mean, he's he's kind of him, and he mentioned David Ornstein as well, and there, there are numerous others. But um, I've got four lads, obviously, and um, and they're always checking out the transfer news, particularly as anything involving Leicester, and 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 you can always go when they say. Fabrizio Romano said it, so it must be true. I mean, to get that level, I mean, obviously sometimes it's never going to be 100%. No one is in in this world, but um, to build up that that amount of trust um, must take some doing. If you was a player now, would you trust him? Well, that's the thing. You would probably trust, but would you text him or not? Because I would still feel as though that I'm letting my teammates and club down if I was texting. I suppose if you were trying to, get a move away from a club you might want to use him as to I don't know and that's where he's got to be careful as well I suppose is that players using him to try and garner some interest probably from from some club somewhere and to say that he's you know I don't know how, I don't know how you differentiate between that. yeah but you know you know as well Gary the clubs do that for themselves clubs oh, yeah. will actually ring him up and try and put this out because we want to get rid of him or we want to buy someone or uh, you know how it works it's not it's it's not just no, players no, that do that. Clubs do that as well. Well, yeah, I I got you know when I got relegated. When I was, it was sort of when I was in the Premier League with Aston Villa, and they didn't really want me towards the end of the season. Then there was a story that came out basically saying he's on X amount, and the reason why I knew they'd leaked it is because it was like the bonuses and that sort of stuff. So you think the club in. leaked it? So Ast- the, Aston Villa. Aston. So I think the club. Yeah. But not not necessarily the commercial guy. He would never do that because I was very tight for me, and he really cared for me. But someone else at the club would have would have leaked that. You know why? Why would they have done that? Basically, to say I'm on X amount of of money, and we was going through a difficult spell at Villa where they was looking for a scapegoat. You know, and I wasn't playing the best I was playing, and it was almost like okay financially we're going through a difficult time and we need to offload players basically let's put out there that mike is on too much money for what he's doing for the team so it could take the attention away from what was happening at the club and focus more on on a player you know and it was a, a weird a weird tactic because then there was sort of like well for the market they were sort of over overselling me. Well, no people, no one's going to take me on that if that's what you're telling people I'm on. So it was weird. Basically, you you were a shit player on loads of wages, and they wanted to get rid of you. Uh, that's something like but that. that. Basically, <laughs> and, 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 in a summary. <laughs> and the other thing, of course, Mike, that's probably the closest you'll ever get to being a goat, isn't it? A scapegoat. <laughs> No, actually, I ate some curry goat last night. So. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, Micah, Alan, thank you. And um, thanks everyone for, for listening uh, yet again. Um, 
keep subscribing, keep following and keep sending us your lovely messages. Um, We appreciate them. Bye from me. Bye from me. Cheers. Bye from me.